Good morning. I am Cindy Vanna. Love talking in the beautiful bless. KLGO, the word, 1490 AM information with inspiration reminding you that you can catch up with Love Talk at lovetalknetwork.com. We'll be posting our latest blog and the audio portion of this program shortly as Juan takes such good care of us and gets us that program quickly. Uh, in the studio with me, I always get to say, in the studio with me is the first lady of love. So I brought the court of love with me, <laughs> all the all the ladies of love that I know in the studio with me today is, of course, Kathy Enderbrock, who is the founder of Let's Pray Today Ministries. And also we have a special guest. I'm going to let you do these honors, Kathy. Oh, I can't wait. Okay, well, I, you know, the first lady of love did call in this morning just to wish us well. Oh, I and know. Let the us queen know that has spoken. She's <laughs> raised her scepter over the court and said, bless you. And we take that blessing, yes, sweet Evelyn. And with us as well is Sammy Zavala. And now Sammy's called in for an interview before, right. but we've never had her in the studio with us. So welcome to the studio. And Sammy, you are in she she has a really interesting life right now. She's kind of living in three different worlds, and so she's going to tell us a little oh, bit about yeah. that. That sounds great. Well, I'm excited to have you. We've been trying to get Sammy in because, uh, you know, Ellen and I are older and dirt, right? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and and soon we'll be dirt again. But uh, so we are always excited to hear the voice of. Youth, not that, and, and we mean that in the best possible way. I mean, cause, you know, you can get stuck in a rut when you're old. And we're going to be talking about some of that stuck in a rut kind of mm-hmm. stuff. But, uh, I wanted to, before we get too far, I want to welcome our folks at Patriotic Now Radio. And, yeah, uh, welcome everyone who's listening. I, I, cause that, those are guys overseas, right? I mean, that's our military. <laughs> Yeah, I just, that blows my mind that I just, oh, I just want them to be so encouraged today and know that so many in well, the we States love are them, praying right. for them. I know oh, that's yeah. why the inflection of your voice is that we're, we're some of those gals that know that somebody's out there purchasing our freedoms every day through mm. their sacrifice. And so we do welcome them wherever you are. We know you're apart from family, but we love that you're here with us. Mm-hmm. Apart from family, but always in the family of God as well and being, you know, prayed for and just be encouraged today to know that there are many who love you and are thinking just thinking dearly of you. That's right. That's a great way to thinking dearly of you. You know, we've been Evelyn and I've been uh, and Kathy, you've joined us several times as we were talking in 2013 about the yes life, what it is to say yes to God. And uh, we've done it kind of under an interesting umbrella, the be not afraid, because we found out that a lot of the reasons why we don't say yes to God is not just our indifference. It's that, it's that well, what would that even mean? You know what I mean? I'd have to move out of my comfort zone. It'd mean I'd have to step out into, into the unknown. And right now, even though we're a culture of plenty, I've been amazed by how much fear there is in the hearts oh, yeah. of people more amazing than the fear that I see overall in the nation. It's the fear that I see in the hearts of Christians and mm-hmm. the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm stunned. 
some of the time. Now, that doesn't mean I'm standing apart over here and, oh, lofty one, Cindy Vanna does not have her own issues. Because <laughs> I'm a little afraid that lightning will come into the studio. I'm just saying these are things that have just, I've kind of woken up to. Oh, well, I tell you, I mean, so many times throughout the Old Testament, the Lord said over and over again, do not be afraid. Um, but I am with you. I will never forsake you that don't be discouraged because of them. And I always thought that was an Old Testament principle. But, you know, when we started looking through the New Testament to see what Jesus said about this, oh, wow, we have some really neat um just promises of Christ and some words of encouragement from him that where we are able to be not afraid today. Well, that is exactly right. And I tell people as much as I can, you know, I feel like a little uh, horn tooting out there all over. I say, you know, we I'm filled with hope overflowing because we are made to be forward looking people. You know, if you're a Christian and you're continually looking over your shoulder, you're either looking back, which means Mm -hmm. you can't really go forward. You're either a traditionalist hearkening back to what was Mm -hmm. as if that was the good old days. And we can talk about that because sometimes the good old days weren't nearly as good as we Mm -hmm. reflect on. That's right. (laughs) That's like the the pasture, the grass is always greener (laughs) on the other side. But Christ is the uh, bearer of hope Mm -hmm. and the greatest works and handiwork of God is ahead of it. Mm -hmm. If we're not talking about that in the gospel, then we're missing the essentials of the gospel and talking to people about that. Last week, we did talk a little bit, Evelyn and I, about the crisis of our time, which is basically that we we have been teaching and talking as the body of Christ, about hyper-grace. We've not been giving a balanced view to grace. And so I'm mm-hmm. going to be talking a little bit of that, about that as you talk about being awake. But before we get too far in any of that, I want us to mention that we're going to wrap all of this a little bit around prayer today. Yes. You know, we got National Day of Prayer coming up May 2nd. That is so close. Okay, be (laughs) quiet. I mean, you want to talk about fear striking in my heart. No, it is close. There's going to be hundreds and hundreds of events all over, thousands probably. We'll know about hundreds. There'll be thousands. Uh, The theme this year is Pray for America. The Mm -hmm. verse, scripture verse is Matthew 12, 21. Uh, In his name, the nations will put their hope. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the history of, of NDP National Day of Prayer goes way, way back Mm -hmm. to the original constitutional fathers who set aside time to pray and fast. Mm -hmm. And then we have Abraham Lincoln setting aside days. Well, it got finally there was an act in Congress, and now Mm -hmm. it is set aside for the nation to pray and fast every annually, every first Thursday in May. Now, we're the judeo-christian expression of national Mm -hmm. day of prayer so that's that's how we talk about it nobody owns that there'll be many faiths many expressions of prayer taking place but kathy you're incredibly involved in that let's talk about that briefly well i'm incredibly involved at a a city level in georgetown i have the great privilege to bring together um, a team of uh, just five amazing women uh who 
get together with the community, reach out and plan a really special event. And uh, we do it out at the local football stadium, the Yay! Georgetown High School football stadium. We do it on obviously Thursday night, May the 2nd. And from 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. so that family, the dads can come home from work, have dinner, and bring all the kids and do it as a, a kind of a family event, have everyone pray together. And this year we're doing something kind of interesting. I got this email. I know what you're <laughs> laughing about. Kathy, Kathy said, next time you hear these words out of my mouth, reel them back in. Yeah, okay. that's well. So we had these amazing high school seniors that came and said, hey, we'd really like to do something special at the event this year. And I said, okay, well, tell me what would you like to do? And so they wanted to get up and pray during the program, which was fantastic. Sammy did that last year, and I was really pleased to have another uh, senior do it again this year. And then they said, well, and we'd, we'd like them to, every, all the youth to be able to come down and kneel on the football field while, um, we pray for the youth. And I said, well, yeah, okay, I think that's good. Yeah, we can do that. And they said, and we would like to have a band. And at first I went, huh, mm, I don't know, that kind of sounds like a big deal. And then I thought, well, how, how big of a deal really? Get a band. I mean, really? And, uh, so we booked Price Hill, which is just an amazing band. And, but working through the sound system, the sound issues, oh my lands. Um, you know, I'm just looking for a mighty, mighty, triple mighty, multiplied mighty work of God. If I am ever going to go through and do this again, this may be the one and only year we, we have a band, but we're, I mean, we've had so much response from just everyone, all the youth pastors, the churches, um, the city mayor, city chief of police is going to be there. The fire department's going to be there. It's going to be an incredible community event. Well, I'm glad to hear that you're having, cause Sammy, you know, this, the youth will respond to this in oh, a yeah. way they won't respond yeah. to anything else and so sound is just a part of uh the way of life because you know when we're on the capitol steps we have all those we have several different worship Mm -hmm. uh groups come in and i you know i our logistical folks i mean kudos hats off because Mm -hmm. you're right what what is entailed in that is that's a mystery to me not to you sammy (laughs) zavala who is we're going to take our break we're going to come back i want to specifically introduce this gal sammy zavala this is love talk on the word Good morning. I am Cindy Vaughn. I love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the Word Studios, 1490 AM information with inspiration. And in the studio with me today are a couple of very special ladies, Kathy Endebrock from Let's Pray Today and Sammy Savala. And we are, we are marching towards, uh, hearing from Sammy. Before we do, Kathy, I just want you to give those, that contact information. Uh, the contact information for National Day of Prayer is ndptf.org. That's National Day of Prayer Task Force. And for Austin, it's ndpaustin.org. But tell them how 
they can get in touch with you for the Georgetown gathering. We are on Facebook. Again, thanks to the high school students, they set, set up a Facebook page. So if you are on Facebook, go to National Day of Prayer Awake. That's A-W-A-K-E, Awake. 2013 and friend us and you can learn all about the event there get some sneak peeks into the program and uh, even put any few uh, requests or suggestions that you might have and you know when going around and talking about the national day of prayer they say well are you a political organization or is this like a church program and i say no 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 i am just a girl who wants to pray to the god i love with the community i love for the nation that i love so if you are like-minded you come join us well, I want to talk to Sammy a little bit because right now, Sammy, you're kind of living in three different worlds. And so I want you to, to tell us a little bit about that. Well, first off, I just want to thank you guys for having me in the studio today. I'm having a good time. <laughs> but yes, um, I have the privilege of doing three different big things at a very young age. So I go to school full time. Uh, so I'm a freshman in college. I uh, work a job at Celebration Church. And so, you know, one of the youngest people there on staff. And then I also have a family that I'm a part of. And so it's kind of crazy. I mean, it's awesome. I love it. But, uh, you know, in a whole day, I can be going to school, taking notes, taking a test. An hour later, I'll be in the office, you know, helping plan events or doing different things with my fellow staff members. And then that night, I can go home and my mom asked me if my room's clean. So it's kind of, you know, <laughs> living in three different worlds, but it's a great time. And it took it took some balancing and some, you know, organization because probably this time last year as a senior in high school, I was just not organized. I had senioritis, probably the worst case of it in my school. And, um, you know, it just took some organization, but it's, it's great. And I just love being able to do all of those three things when, you know, some people just get to do one or two and I, you know, am blessed enough to get to do all three. So it's, it's interesting, but it's, it's good. And so not only do you serve on staff at your church, then you know, where you're working at the church during the week. And then on Sunday, you are leading worship as well. Yes, I am. So do you ever get a break? I mean, when is like your day of rest? Because I would think Saturday you'd spend the whole day doing homework. Well, I, you know, everybody on staff or the people that I work with, my department, they're super understanding. So, you know, if I have to go home, um, a little early, like an hour early from work to go and study for a test or to go finish homework. They're very understanding and super supportive. So, um, I make time. I don't get a lot of sleep. So, <laughs> but it's, it's good. And I, I work it out. My family is super supportive of me and, um, you know, they push me, but all of them, it's kind of, you get the push from your family, but then also the push from the people you work with. And so it's like double whammy. And so I am. And pushed a lot. <laughs> yeah, well, it's good. Like a good push. You have to learn to juggle all of those different things. And I mean, you go into student mode into your classroom and and going to church. And now I, we're going to be talking about something today that I know you're going to relate to mm-hmm. uh, because we're talking about being awake. And we're going to talk a little <laughs> bit about alarms. And I know sometimes I bet like you were talking about earlier when that alarm goes off in the morning, you're not uh, really keen just to jump up right out of bed. Um, it's not my first reaction. No. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not, not, you know, I'm always amazed. I have this new puppy, and so I'm up at the crack of dawn. This reminds me when my children were first born. I've seen hours of the day that I didn't know existed. Because, <laughs> you know, I've, you get to where you just, 
you know, you don't have that anymore of waking mm-hmm. up at three or waking up at four or waking up at five. But I realized there are people who are naturally prone to be up and out at three, four, and five o'clock in the morning. Who are those that people? So <laughs> oh no. I love the, the 10 o'clock in the morning seems perfect to me. You know, mm-hmm. start moving around very slowly. Well, we aren't talking about our sleeping habits so much today, but we're talking kind of the sleeping habits of, of humanity in general. Mm-hmm. I mean, what is it that causes us to wake up and be expectant? What are those things that cause us to wake up and be anxious? Or what are those things that, that so overwhelm us that we're like, oh, I am not even going to wake up? Mm-hmm. And well, it's also how do we deal with the alarming situation that that we face every day? I mean, there the wars and rumors of wars and financial crisis and unemployment. What the future holds? What the future holds for our children? I mean, it's no surprise. I, I think ten percent of the population <clears throat> right now are on antidepressants because we don't know how to live effectively in the times that we are in. And as Christians, uh, you know, <laughs> we really have the tools that we need to live effectively in these times, knowing that the good news always prevails over the bad news. Um, and Jesus said, you know, all of these things are going to happen. He talks about wars and rumors of wars and nations rising against nations and and, you know, that there's going to be an increase in wickedness and many will turn away from the faith. And the list really goes on and on. And yet he says to us, see to it that you are not alarmed. And we're going to talk about that. See to it that you are not alarmed, because that really packs a punch when Christ is talking about see to seeing to it that we're not alarmed Um well, let me, let me interject something here and I'm not, I'm going to do it quickly because you have so much to say on this. This is a topic that you and I kind of, we, we had done a teaching together at, at Encounter mm-hmm. and, uh, which was a conference here in town and you spoke on this and I could hardly wait to get you back in the studio for you to really share this in general. And so I, I want you to have plenty of time to do it. I was talking before the program with both of you that I find that Christians are very alarmed right now. Mm-hmm. Even in some ways, we've become the alarmist. And that concerns me because when I follow up in conversation with Christians about what is it that's alarming you or what mm-hmm. is it that is causing you to be an alarmist to tell others that things are so bad, mm-hmm. it will often be around a personality, let's say the president. You know, a personality that they may not approve of. It may be around the times that have to do with financial crisis, their own jobs and or where we are in the nation. It could even be the kinds of things that we experience with National Day of Prayer. The threat, the, the threat of personal lawsuits as we mm-hmm. go out into the public venue and pray and how Christianity is perceived. And the question this is this is are Christians alarmed about the things that are being talked about here in Matthew, mm-hmm. which are the rumors? Mm-hmm. Are we alarmed about the same things that God is alarmed about? We're going to talk. I'm going to bring a little bit of that in. But before we go, Kathy, just just talk just a moment before our break about what it what does God say about whether we're to be alarmed or not? 
Well, he says that absolutely we are not to be we are to be aware of what is going on. We are to be awake to what is going on. We are to be of sound mind. We are to be well informed and of good judgment. Uh, These things are to touch our hearts and to shake us up. I mean, Paul talks about being pressed on every every side to be perplexed about these issues that are going on. It is okay to say, Lord, I do not get this. I do not understand. I see this wickedness. We have to remember that, you know, Jesus didn't say, you know what? I'm going to give you a Holy Spirit sleeping pill. You just go back to bed and you rest and I'll wake you up when it's all over. They're there. No, he called us Mm -hmm. to be in it, to see it, to understand it, to know it. And to be the first responders, the people, the go-to people in times of crisis that stand firm amidst the alarm. Mm, that's good. And you had a scripture on that out of Matthew 24, 6. It says, see to it that you are not alarmed. Now, you guys know that I already said I've dated myself because we're sitting here. We're, we're a multi-generational group this morning. I don't know if any of y'all remember Monty Python. Oh, yes. Okay. Okay. (laughs) You know when they come clip-clopping and they make the sounds, they act like they're on horses, clip-clop, clip-clop. The last thing they say is, run away, run away. This is Love Talk on the Word. Good morning, I am Cindy Vanna. Love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the Word Studios, 1490 AM. Information with inspiration. Of course, I uh, left us on the high note of we're all running away. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> run away, run away. No, I'm in the studio with Kathy Indebrock and Sammy Zavala, and we are talking about what it is to be awake in these times, but not be alarmed, because we know that Fear is not of God. So how do we walk this road of being awake, not necessarily being alarmist? We can talk a little bit about uh, the alarm. I mean, mm-hmm. God has an alarm. Trust me. And Joel, too, is a perfect example of that when he talks about the shofar coming, being blown to call the body of Christ together at times whenever plague or pestilence was coming, whenever it was life-threatening or more importantly, to call them together for purposes of holiness, to consecrate themselves mm-hmm. to God and to respond to God. So when you, this is the difference between being an alarmist and hearing the alarm of God. But talk to us more about what it is to be awake in Christ. Well, to be awake in Christ, let's understand what it is not. Because as I mentioned before, we have 10% of our, of our population, one out of every 10 in the U.S., is on some form of an antidepressant. And when Christ said, see to it that you are not alarmed in Matthew, he used this great word. It's, it's throw ao from the Greek, and it means to be troubled, frightened, to be troubled in one's mind, to even make a, a noisy outcry. And, you know, how many of us are troubled in our minds? I mean, we are just a, a, 
upset and, and we run negative scenarios through our heads over and over. And we think about all the negative outcomes, all the negative things that can happen. And, you know, we spend all of our time thinking about what the enemy wants to do, the negative things that the enemy wants to do. Well, why not take those same thoughts and think about what God mm-hmm. wants to do, what how God wants to turn the situation to him, how God wants to use you to speak his word and what he's doing over the situation. And, um, you know, they really, Christ really gave a, an admonishment in this see to it. He used the exact same phrasing that Joshua did back when he was speaking to the entire army of Israel. And Joshua said, do what the Lord has commanded. See to it. You have my orders. So this is not a little feel good. See to it, guys, uh, as you go. This is a direct order, a command. Um, so as followers of Christ, right, how do we turn off the alarm? How do we turn off that trouble in our mind? Uh, do we go back to sleep? As Sammy was saying, do we just ignore what's happened or, or pretend that it's not important? It's a how do we get out there and do what we need to do? And I mean, Sammy, so many of us, we turn to the younger generation and we either say um, we're worried because we think we're not leaving the younger generation anything. Or we say, well, it's in the hands of the younger generation. Now there's nothing left we can do. <laughs> and usually when that's being said, people have got their nails in their mouth and they're mm. biting down on them. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, poor Sammy. No, but tell us what is your perspective on that? From from a young person's perspective, when it comes to us, you know, kind of rising up and, and taking the place of the generation Please. that has, has just, you know, <laughs> yes, <laughs> hurry. Um, it's a little bit. It's a little bit scary. It's it's weird to think about because the times that we live in now, when it comes to our country, um, our schools, our you know, the business world, it's not the same that it was 20 years ago. So when we were, you know, just entering this world, it was a much easier place to be. It wasn't as scary. Um, and so I think a lot of us young people, we just kind of push it away and we think, you know, well, they're going to take care of it for us. And, and in our minds, we're like, okay, well, our parents are still there. And even we've created a culture of parents still taking care of 20 year olds and 25 year olds. And, you know, you, you see that. And, as opposed to when I grew up on graduation day out of high school, your bag was usually at the front door. Wow. Thank you very much. Okay. I got a set of luggage <laughs> as my graduation present. Yes. And it wasn't to send you to Europe. It was you be on your own yeah, now. Yeah, that's right, baby. I think there's enough for you to take what you need, and there's the door. Well, thank you, Mom, for letting me... <laughs> Stay and cooking for me and doing all that. But seriously, you know, we have created a culture that it's not up to us. And a lot of young people have the mindset of it's not up to us because they're, you know, the older people are still the ones that are in control. And yes, that's true. But, you know, if we're not um, equipping ourselves and if the the previous generation isn't equipping us to to, um, you know, actually take hold of, of what's been given to us and, and make us realize the responsibility and the weight that we carry to lead the world, to lead this nation, you know, then it's not going to happen. So it is up to us to take that stand and say, yes, I'm going to do this. But it's also up to the older people to say, this is what needs to be done. Because, mm. we, you know, I just see it as as people have made it to where 
they just give things to the younger people. Like my parents, for example, when I got my job and everything, like, okay, you have to, you know, pay for your car and insurance and this and that. And, you know, not because they're trying to be mean. uh, It's because they're trying to equip me to what I'm going to have to deal with. And, you know, that's what we're just having to to work with now, I think, is just the, the generation gap of, you don't have to work for anything anymore. And so it, it comes to the same thing with Christianity too. You know, we always try to backpack onto our parents' Christianity and, um, and be like, okay, well, my parents are saved, so I'm saved too. Or I ride a church with them. And so I'm a churchgoer, you know, and it's not, it doesn't work that way. You have to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You can't, you can't work off of your parents' relationship. They can teach you, but that's not going to get you into heaven, you know? Do you find that, uh, the world is, Alarming. Do you feel like your generation is awake or are they uh, alarmed or is it, is it complacency? I mean, is it, what, what do you, what's your take on that? What's your perspective? I see that they are just scared and not scared in a, in a good way, like a fear of the Lord, but a fear of the world and a fear of our leaders and what's going to happen to them. Because when something, you know, is happening like the whole 2012 thing or, you know, anything along those lines. Are you talking just, about the Mayan the calendar? Mayan, yeah, the Mayan calendar. Like, what even is that? Like, what? What's she saying? Yeah, you know, the, the Mayan okay. calendar, the whole end of the world. When that was happening, you just saw my generation, people in my school, people just freaking out. And they are just like, I'm like, what is wrong with you? Like, why do you think that, you know, the Mayan calendar is going to say when the world's going to end? But because they don't have, you know, the, the mindset of that Christ is in control, that the Mayan calendar is in control. If that's, if that's what they believe, then they're going to be scared. And so I think if you don't have a perspective from, you know, from Christ or you don't have the the purpose from Christ then you are just going to get totally lost and distracted and you're going to you're going to just be scared mm-hmm. because you're not going to know what what the future holds because well, you don't even know who holds it. And I love what she's saying because it's so difficult to take a stand. Everyone's waiting for someone else to take a stand. Mm-hmm. And then if you look to that person, you think, okay, I might stand with that person. And my sixth grader taught me the most amazing thing. And I'll just get into it. I don't know if we'll have time to finish it before the break, but my sixth grader, she came up to me and she handed me these two pictures side by side. And one was this strong, good looking, uh, powerful, you know, he has, as my daughter would say, he has a lot of strengthfulness to him. And then in the picture right beside this almost superhero hero appearing picture, there was next to him, there was a picture of this old, weak, almost bent over man. And Aaliyah, she says to me, well, mom, of these two pictures, which do you want to be? And well, of course I said, well, yeah, the, the strong one. I, I want to be the strong one right here. That's who I want to be. And she goes, well, mom, that is a super apostle. And I thought, yes, I have just chosen correctly. I chose the right one. And then she continued, she continues on and just schooled me, schooled <laughs> dear old mom, dear old mom in second Corinthians, where Paul was talking about these super apostles who look great and they are, they know how to talk and they have beautiful speech and they come with great credentials and they're the chosen. But those are the imposters. Mm-hmm. Those are not the ones who carry the mes- message of Christ. It, the, the, the bent over weak 
guy, that's Paul. <laughs> that's Paul. And Paul says, look, there is nothing about me that says I am great, but everything coming out of me says that God is great. And Paul says, you know, in his, he boasts of his weakness. He says, I want to boast of my weakness because in my weakness, I am strong. And he said he delights in his weakness. And I thought, oh my goodness, this is a man who is awake, but not alarmed because he knows about Christ in him. And, you know, I was thinking if If we go and we watch a football game and we see a big, strong football player kick a field goal from the 50-yard line, well, no one thinks much of it because they expect him to Mm -hmm. do that. But if I were to go out on the football field or my 12-year-old were to go out on the football field and kick that same goal, I mean, everybody in the stands would be like, glory, how did that happen? And I think that as Christians, we keep waiting to be this invincible, mm-hmm. strong, perfect superhero before we think that we're going to be ready to step out and stand for God. And God says, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. I want you right now when you are in your weakness, in, in wherever you are at, I want you to stand for me. And in your weakness, you turn to me. I will make you strong because it is the gospel that is powerful, not the messenger. It is the gospel, the good news. And as I was saying before, the good news always prevails over the bad news. Well, we're going to come back and uh, we're going to wrap this up. But we're going to talk more about are you a superhero and who is your superhero? This is Love Talk on the Word. Good morning. I am Cindy Vonna. Love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the word 1490 AM. Information with inspiration reminding you today that you can catch up with us at lovetalknetwork.com. The audio portion of this program will have a blog up on some of uh, Kathy's stuff that she's been sharing with us today. And also we have Sammy Zavala in the studio with us. And Kathy, um, as we are coming into our wrap, tell me what it, what's your perception of how it is that people don't live in this continuing state of alarm? What, what grounds people? Well, Christ is what grounds us. He is our cornerstone. He is our foundation. But, you know, you can't simply say that. You have to live it. And it's really only through that active, loving relationship with our Lord that we can be awake and not alarmed. And that is the relationship that began with prayer when we confess Christ and ask him into our hearts to be our Lord and our Savior. And this relationship continues, Cindy, with prayer. Prayer helps build that relationship. Prayer draws us into the relationship. It keeps us focused on who has the answers, the power, and the plan. 
prayer aids us in keeping us awake and attentive. It, the relationship that we have with our Lord, it strengthens us in our weakness. It grows us in our character. And this is not about doing more, but that we would have a moderate estimate of ourselves and really be reliant on our mighty God to do all the more. And I mean, that's what I admonish everyone today is to turn to that relationship, reconstruct your thoughts. When you are thinking negative thoughts, don't spend your time thinking about what the enemy wants to do. You mm-hmm. think about what the Lord wants to do. What is his purpose for this? And Sammy, I know you have something to speak on that purpose. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I just feel that some people think that they can't do the will of God or that, that maybe God doesn't have a purpose for them or, you know, that, that God just doesn't want to use them because they're too broken or they're too, you know, self-conscious or they've done too many hard things or bad things in their, you know, in the past years or so, or their, maybe even their whole life. And, and the truth is, is that God uses the weakest people and God uses the most broken people. And thank God for that because he used me <laughs> when I was in my most broken time. And, um, you know, I just, I think especially for young people is they think, well, I've already done, you know, bad things. I've already been through this. My family, you know, isn't really into church or I'm not the typical churchgoer or, you know, whatever, whatever the stereotype may be. And, and that's just completely false. And that's just a lie that the enemy is going to tell every single person in the world because it says that he comes to steal, kill and destroy. And that's not just with materialistic things like like Job taking you know everything away from him but it's to steal your mind and to steal mm-hmm. your thoughts and to steal your words and he will destroy your mentality um, with the thought of I can't be used by God because I am not good enough when really it says in Isaiah that you know, fear not because I have redeemed you and, and I've called you by your name. And that can relate to every single person on this planet, whether they realize it or not. Every single person has a purpose and they can be used by God in, you know, their best days and their worst days and their okay days. They can be used by God no matter what they're dealing through. And, you know, I love the fact that God never leaves us broken and, 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 and crushed. He grows us and he heals us and he Mm -hmm. redeems us and he restores us. I love the story about the lepers because, you know, they wanted to get healed. They turned to Christ to be healed. He had, they had heard the stories about Christ instantly healing blindness, Christ instantly healing lameness. But for them, Christ did not instantly heal them. He told them what to do. And as they went and did it, they were healed Mm. along the way. And so if someone wants to come out of brokenness and they pray to, to receive the Lord, but they don't see instant healing, they think, well, it must not have taken. No, you keep walking. Mm -hmm. You keep going in the way of the Lord, drawing into that relationship with him. That healing will come. He promises that healing will come. And to answer to every one of his promises is Yes and amen. Yes and amen. I I wanted you to say a little bit more about that verse, Sammy, because, you know, that is Christ's mission statement. Mm -hmm. And he repeats it in in the beginning of his ministry in, in the New Testament. And so many times I hear from people this purposelessness. You know, how can God use me? And they spend a lifetime asking, what is your will for me, Lord? Really, this mission statement is God's, his statement of his ministry 
and the statement that include is mm-hmm. inclusive of all of us. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, when it says I'm redeemed, you like he's redeemed us. And so I think what we do, like you said earlier, that we try to look back too much. And so I, I think about this, like what comes to mind is pulling out of a parking space. If I'm parked and I look back so far that I, I don't even see how much I, I could have gone forward so long ago, but I'm looking to make sure I don't hit the cars behind me that I don't know how far I've pulled out. And so I think, you know, we, we continue as, as human beings to look back on what we've done. And, and the cool thing is, is that when we repent and we surrender to God and we say, God, I'm just completely yours. I give this situation to you. I give this sin to you. I give this family problem to you. We're saying it's not ours anymore. So it's basically as humans, it's just in our nature to fight a battle for for what we feel like we've done wrong but really the battle has already been won and so we we need to stop fighting a battle that's already been won it's pointless we can't and when we become so focused on that of trying to say god i'm so sorry for this i'm so sorry for that a million times and beating ourselves up about it like god can't use me until i'm 100 percent forgiven well the cool thing is about god and his grace is that we're already forgiven and so when we say thank you god for for forgiving me and for taking the weight of my sin it's just completely gone and, and we can walk in our purpose so. i love that you know because it's not a, a jackpot that you have to hope to hit when you ask mm-hmm. the lord to come into your life it's not like Okay, please say yes. Please say yes. Please say you're forgiven. Please say you're forgiven. Oh no, darn it! I didn't get it. This pull time. my number out of the the <laughs> yes, barrel. I oh, my number, my number didn't get pulled out yeah. this time. No. Yeah, it is a guaranteed mm-hmm. salvation. It is a guaranteed, as you were saying, complete, complete work that has mm-hmm. been perfected, and so we can rely on that rather than going back and rehashing the same things and going through that battle over and over again. Spend that energy and work on that relationship with the Lord. Yeah. Well, and that that comes out of the verse of you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. And what does that mean to be a new creation? Well, it is the difference between what is our legal standing with God. Our legal Mm. standing as a new creation is that he doesn't see your sin. Mm -hmm. You are no longer separated from him, but reconciled to him. Mm -hmm. You sit with him in the throne room. Of heaven, that is your rightful place, having confessed him as your savior. Now, our living condition, which is that process of restoration yes. that you're talking about, of being healed, that's the one where you wake up every day volitionally get and say, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to get out of bed. I'm going to acknowledge who God is. Mm -hmm. In contrast, I'll humble myself before him, give my life to him so that he can use it in whatever way he chooses. And he places on our heads the title of victor, conqueror. So we are no longer these uh, beaten down, useless vessels, but we are something that is set aside to be used by the king, which is a just a powerful, amazing thing to wake up to. So we are able to wake up not being alarmed, knowing who we are and being able to step out in that walking humbly before the Lord and boldly uh, with peaceful steps before men. Kathy, you and Sammy together, just, uh, we, we, we've exhorted here. I've heard, I've heard the exhortation in your voices. Go ahead and make that appeal to those, Sammy, who are broken, 
don't know what we're talking about. How would you, how would you touch their hearts with the truth of Christ Jesus? I would just say that you're so covered in grace and you're so covered by Christ not just dying for you, but raising from the dead for you, that you don't have to worry about that anymore. And those chains can just be broken off of you. And so whatever you may be going through, whatever you may be struggling with or dealing with, you don't just want to go through and and try to get through it. Because that can happen with any anything. You can get through a situation. It's possible to make it through to the next week when all these things are done happening or the next year, whatever it is. But when you have Christ on your side and you have him behind you and you're standing on his foundation, then you can leave as a conqueror. You didn't just you didn't just handle the situation. You didn't just get through the situation, but you conquered the situation. And so you can live in that. And when you have Christ fighting the battle for you, you don't have to worry about it anymore. And Kathy, uh, how do you have Christ in you? You just turn to the Lord and you tell him, Lord, I admit I am a sinner. Father, what I have done has uh, completely set us apart, but I recognize Christ who has died for my sins. I accept him as Savior and Lord over my life. I ask you to forgive me for what I have done, and I accept your forgiveness. I accept the salvation, the eternal life that you offer And, Lord, thank you that I can now be called a child of God. You know, that's the ultimate awake. When we move from death to life and we come awake to the reality of Jesus Christ, this has been Love Talk on the Word.